1: or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. If
0: it's your first time here, you're not a visitor, you're family. And we just want to tell you from the bottom of our hearts, welcome. And we pray that you feel home tonight because you are. Put your hand on your heart as always. I ask you to pray for yourself. Pray that God would prepare your heart as the word goes out. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray that you would open up our hearts to receive. That God, anything and everything that perhaps has distracted us, discouraged us, maybe even blessed us. God, up to now, God, we would push those things aside because, God, we would focus in on your word tonight because your word shall not return void. And we pray, we pray for that, God. We believe your promise tonight and we pray that you would touch us in a very, very special way. We love you. We praise you. We adore you. In Jesus' name, shout amen. 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 Come on, the book of James. Who's ready to go on another journey into the book of James? Last week, was off the charts. And we're so excited once again. And I want to jump into it. People have called James the how-to book on Christian living. The how-to book. How do I live life? How do I be a better Christian? How do I treat my wife, my kids? How do I live better? The book of James is the how-to of Christian living. Someone's called it the Proverbs of the New Testament. I love proverbs in the Old Testament, just the wisdom that it can bring to my daily life. And the book of James is like the proverb of the New Testament. And if ever we need to know how to live as Christ, it's today. And really, that's not a a great statement and a truthful statement because we've always, people of all generations have needed to but perhaps there's a greater urgency is the way to say it than there is ever before. And the key verse from the book of James that we're going to be looking at comes from James chapter 2 and verse 14. It says this, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, if you say you're living for God, but you do not show it by your actions, can that type of faith save anyone in other words what good is it if we just talk it but we don't walk it if we're not living it but we're just talking it we're a hypocrite and that turns more people off than on to God and too much today has been said and not enough done and so let's do what we need to do And then everything else will back that up. Come on, we don't have to tell the world who we are. We need to show the world who we are. Because in showing them through the actions, they will see who we are. I love what Francis Assisi said. He said these words, Preach the gospel by any means possible. And if needed, use words. Our lives should preach the gospel greater than any word. The way we treat those around us. The way we conduct our spending, the way we live our lives should show other people the gospel, the Christ message, which is still the hope of the world. It's time that we live the life. So we're going to jump straight into the book of James. We looked at the first 11 verses in chapter 1. And we're going to jump into verse 12 of chapter 1. Please take notes, get your notebooks, your journals, your tablets out and follow along. James 1 verse 12 says, blessed is the man who endures temptation. New Living Translation says it this way, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. So here's where we've gone so far. The book of James, verse one says, hello, I'm James. And he explains who he's writing the letter to, all the Christians of that area. Then James goes on to say, you're going to have trials and you're going to have temptations. Come on, you could have broke it to us a little bit gentler than that. Hello, I'm James. You're going to have problems. (laughs) But I love the fact that he's been honest with us because that's the truth, isn't it? Every one of us can give our names, and then after that, we've got some struggles, we've got some issues, we've got some problems. But we discovered last week that we can count it all joy when we fall into trials, knowing what? It's not the end, but it's a comma because God has not finished yet. Do I hear an amen? amen. So tonight, I want to look at temptation. And here's what we need to understand from the beginning. It's not the temptation that's wrong or the temptation that's really a sin. It's when we partake in it and we do what that thing is tempting us to do. That's what makes it a sin. So read on verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures Walks through, makes it through temptation for when he has been approved, when he has gone through it is what it means. He will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to give to those who love him. That crown of life is actually an eternal reward. It's not honor and glory here on this earth. God wants to bless us and use us. But the crown of life is speaking of when we will get to heaven. And God says, well done, thy good and faithful servant. And the greatest eternal reward that we could ever have is living with God forever. That's our goal, that we want to live in such a way that we will receive the crown of of life. Verse 13, let no one say when he is tempted. Please note, it's not a when, but an if. Come on. It's a when rather, not an if. If I'm going to be tested, it's a when. When am I going to be tempted? Let no one say when he is tempted, it's coming. We need to be prepared for it, that I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil. That means God cannot do wrong. God does not do wrong. God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does God himself tempt anyone. I want us to look at four points tonight. Four points that I think are going to really help us when it comes to temptation. Point number one, are you ready? Recognize the source of your temptation. In other words, where does temptation come from? What is the intent of temptation? Temptation, if you're a fisherman, is almost like a lure that you can use. What do you do with a lure? You bury a hook in it. You put it in the water. You pull it. It swims like it's a fish. So another fish will grab it and it doesn't see the fact that there's something there to trap it and hook it. That's how Satan wants to tempt us. He puts something in front of us that will attract us, but we fail to see it's a hook or a trap that wants to destroy our life. Why? Because temptation is an opportunity that's presented to us. Most temptations are nice. Most temptations are appealing to us because if they weren't, they wouldn't be tempting. It's something that catches our eye. It's something that says, oh, I would like that. I want that. Oh, I can have that. And it pulls us and lures us in. And here's what it does. Temptation wants to get us away from God. That's its sole purpose, to remove us from God. You see, we're talking about temptation. Temptation and a test are two very different things. A temptation is something that is set in your pathway in order for you to fail, to fall and to quit. A test is something that is used for what reason? To promote you, to pass you, and to equip you. Let me explain that. Satan tempts us. Christ tests us. Satan tempts us to destroy us. He's not wanting us to be successful and succeed. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his purpose. That's his goal. He tempts to destroy you. However, Christ allows us to go through tests so he can equip us and train us and that we can pass and make it to the next level. In class, at school, you have to go through a test to make it to the next level. The teachers don't test you to fail you. They test you so you can know how much you know and see the areas that you need help and assistance in. And that's what God uses the tests and trials of our life to do. But we're talking tonight about the enemy who wants to tempt us because he wants to destroy us and make us quit. And I haven't got time, but do something when you get home tonight. This week, look for yourself. Anytime the Bible speaks about temptation. Around about it there, it tells us this, flee from it. Run from it. In other words, if temptation is going that way, you go in the opposite direction. It speaks about flee sexual immorality. Run for everything that you have got. Why? Because it's doing everything it can to pull you away from where you need to be. I'm going to say something right now that may shock you. Temptation is not the devil. The temptation itself is not the devil. It's a tool that he uses to present something to look good, but he's not the one doing the crime. He's the one that gets off scot-free, so to speak, because he is luring you in with a tempting moment or thought, and you are doing everything for him. He is just leaving it there, and then you are doing the rest. And what we need to understand today is, oh, he is where temptation comes from. But there's another participator involved in temptation. And look at this. Verse 14 goes on to say, but each one is tempted when, when, when he is drawn away by his own desire and enticed. Satan uses temptation, but where does temptation really take hold? Where is the real source of temptation? It's inside you and I. It's my desires. It's what I want, my appetites, my way of thinking. And we've got to take ownership here. Or at least identify the areas of weakness and we've got to guard against it in our lives because I'm the problem. It's not the devil. It's me. The decisions and the choices and the actions, the succumbing to the temptation, it's on me. No one else's fault. It's my fault. What do we know about a chain? A chain is only as strong as its weakest link. You can think, well, I've got muscles and I'm big and bad in this area and I've been saved all these years. Listen, focus in on your weaknesses and start from there. Because I'm telling you right now, that's where Satan homes in on. And that's where Satan wants to destroy you through temptation. But God can use that testing to refine you and to build your life. Point number two, are you ready? Understand the process of temptation. Do you know that there's a process of temptation? I think that can help us to understand that. The Bible says in verse 15, reading from the New Living, it says, these desires give birth to sinful actions. Next verse, please. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Something that's not cute. It's not fun. Come on. Its sole intent is to take you out. Temptation comes The desires come, but they want to give birth to sinful actions. But that's not the end because then sin, when it's allowed to grow in our lives, the Bible says wants to destroy and kill our lives. That's why we know Proverbs 14, 12 is a great scripture. You need to know there is a way that seems right to man. Well, I like it. It's my desires. I want to do it my way. I want to go. There's a way that looks and appears to be right to man. But the Bible says the end thereof is death. I want you to hear me tonight. The devil is playing for keeps. He ain't playing for fun. This ain't fun when you start playing with the devil. He's trying to take your life and to destroy you because it may just be a little thing, but he wants it to take root, that you desire that thing, that you grab a hold of it, that it will grow and it will consume and ultimately destroy your life. So how can we understand? Because I think understanding there's a process can really help us to be better off when the trials and the temptation comes. Why? Because James 1.12, remember, said, blessed is the man who endures temptation. Come on, blessed is the man that goes through that. So there's a blessing that can come as we will have to go through it. You and I don't have to be constantly a victim of something over and over Again, the same temptation we fail and fall for the same time. We don't have to fall over and over again. And I believe from what we just read in verse 14, there are actually five steps to temptation so we can expose the devil's plan in our life. Are you ready? Step number one. Here's step number one step number one is temptation temptation. It's the act of temptation, that thing, that person or place. It's going to happen. Something that the enemy wants to present in your way to lure you, to attract you, to get your attention. So it has to start with temptation. The second process of temptation is this when we step into the fantasy of it all. When we take that thing and we begin to fabricate it in our mind, what would my world be like if? Come on, you don't look at me crazy. You know what I'm talking about today. We begin to picture things in my mind. Life would be better with. My life would be complete. No wonder my life isn't. I just need that. We take the temptation and then we begin to play with it in our mind. My life would be better. Then we rationalize the fact that if I do that, we rationalize the sin. Why? Because we say, well, hold on a second. It's okay because of this. We begin to justify and rationalize the sin. But listen to me, the same sin that we point the finger and judge other people for. Because that's how we do it. We judge everyone else for what they're doing. And we're doing the same things that we are justifying and rationalizing. And I believe one of the biggest fantasy windows that we have in our body is our eyes. We need to watch what we're looking at. Listen to Job in Job 31 verse 1. He says these words, I have made a covenant with my eyes not to look with lust at a young woman woman. He said, I've made a, co- a covenant. I've made a commitment with my life. I remember Larry Stocks, I believe it was. He used to say, you need to bounce your eyes. Anyone heard that before? That when you see something, you need to bounce it away, because if we don't watch, we can be engrossed with that thing and begin to fantasize about how better our life would be with it. We've got to have accountability and filters as protection. So we encounter the temptation We begin to picture our lives and how different it would look with it. We fantasize over it. Then here's step number three. Are you ready? We start moving towards it. Now it's not longer just in our mind. We start to approach that sin. We start to befriend that person. We start to just follow them on social media and like some of their posts. What are we doing? We are stepping towards something that we want that's not right. It's a temptation. But now with the fantasy, we are lured into it and we are moving towards that thing. What we just read in the word, James speaks about we are enticed. By our own desire. That means literally taking steps towards. We are enticed. We are taking steps towards that thing that we know we really shouldn't be a part of. But we've rationalized it. We've justified it. We've fantasized about it. So that's what I'm going to have. And that's what I'm going to be. But notice, if we're taking steps towards tran- or temptation, we're taking steps away from God. We're taking steps away from God. Look at this statement. If the grass is greener elsewhere, then maybe start watering your own lawn. There's a lot of versions. I've got one in my office. It says the grass is always greener around the outhouse. Hey, the greener the grass, the the more you've got to mow the lawn. You know, there's so many things. But we can look and we can say, well, oh, and we can believe the lie that everyone's better than our spouse. Everyone's better than our kids. Every job's better than what I've got. That everyone's better. We can have that fantasy that will draw us away from the truth to the lie. But the truth is this. We need to hear it. We need to start watering our own loan, our own relationships, our own job, our own attitude, making a change. Because remember, we talked about it. The Bible says when it comes to temptation, we've got to flee from it. Not flee to it, but flee from it. Because if we don't flee from it, listen, you're getting ready to be another trophy on his wall. Have you ever been to someone's house and they've got all the trophies on the wall? They shot this deer and they shot this and that. The trophies that they have. Satan wants you, your family, your future to be a trophy on his wall. That he can show the world, see another life that I have destroyed. What do you think the next step is? Who can help you with the next step? Who thinks they know what next step, step number four is? Sin, the act, the act of doing it. So, you, so you, you're tempted by it. You think about it. You move towards it. And then, bam, you're right there in front of it. You take the bite of the apple. I want to show you something about Eve. Eve shouldn't have been there. Eve shouldn't have been there, but she should have stayed away. I want to look at this. And a lot of you have a different picture or mindset of this because I see how some people have illustrated this and talked about this in the pictures that we see of the story of Eve in the Garden of Eden. But I want to show us something. Can we go on a journey? Let's start in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. We're going to read through verse 6. It says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field. The temptation that came was cunning, crafty. It was something that was going to catch her attention and steal her away. Okay? Which the Lord God had made. And He said, the serpent, the enemy, to the woman, Has God indeed said that you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. New Living Translation says, but the tree that is in the middle of the garden. Verse four, then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman, what help me, saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and desirable to make one wise, she took it and ate it. She took it and ate it. Where did it start? Where did the conversation start? I'm telling you where it started, away from the danger level. It started away from the danger area. Why? Because the Bible says in verse 4, or the, the, the verse 3, that when the serpent asks the lady, can you eat of everything? What is her answer? We can eat of everything except what? The tree that is in the middle of the garden. You're not going to say that if you're in the middle of the garden. Because you're going to turn around and say, oh, we can eat of everything except this tree that's right here. I believe the picture that we see from God's word is this. She's out of the danger area. She's not near the tree because God says you don't even need to touch that because you're going to be in trouble. So she is staying away and doing everything that she can. But notice this. As soon as Satan gets her to start thinking about it, and begin to question as she begins to fantasize in her mind, all the time what begins to happen is this. He's taken her on a journey and they are walking as they are talking and he is leading her somewhere where he wants her to go. Then all of a sudden, verse 6, he sees the fruit. There it is. Wow. And she says, that's beautiful. The indication that I have is this. This is a fruit she's never seen before. Because it's like she's so surprised by its beauty. She had stayed away. But what do we see? The enemy wants to take us and place us right there where we can grab of and we can eat. You see too many pictures of this, I believe. You see the serpent all called up in the tree and Eve's walking by and he shouts from the tree and he catches her attention. That's not how temptation works. Temptation starts somewhere when you're on your own, isolated and you're away and you're feeling sad and you're sick. It starts, excuse me, away. And then what does it do? It leads you exactly where it wants to take you. And it's amazing. The temptation that we see here is the temptation that you and I face each and every day because there's three levels of temptation. There's the lust of the flesh. There's the lust of the eyes and there's the pride of life. Pride of life. That's temptation. The lust of the flesh. When she saw it was good to eat, that was appealing to her flesh. Mm, it's going to taste good. And then what? She saw that it was going to make her wise. Woo! That, I, I, I want that. She saw that with her eyes. It was good. It looked good. It was something she wanted. And then when she saw it made her wise. That's the pride of life. Satan will tempt you. Every temptation that you will ever face in your life will come under one of those three, if not all three of those things. It will be the lust of the flesh. I need that. I want that. Or the eyes. It looks good. I want that. Oh, the pride of life. I want to be wise. I want to have people like me. I want it's the same ways that Satan tempts us every time. So Satan, piece by piece, he's pulling her in. Satan, piece by piece, wants to pull us and draw us in, leading us away from where we know we should be. Have you ever heard that saying that we're in the wrong place at the wrong time? Have you ever heard that? You're in the wrong place at the wrong time? Listen, you need to hear how the devil says that, because the devil says this, you're in the right place at the right time, because he's taking you to the wrong place, which is his right place. Because it is the wrong time, but it's the right time to him. He wants to get you in the right place at the right time. But his right place that you and I need to realize is the wrong place. And then step number five of the process of temptation is this death, death, death. It can be physical. People have died in temptation and through temptation. But I believe mostly it's not a physical death, but it's more A spiritual death. It's a financial death. It's a death in our relationships. As we see those areas of our life affected. And it can be tough to be dead when you're living dead. You know, having a relationship dying around you. Your finances dying around you. And why is that? Because of the temptation many times that we have succumbed to and we have walked into. But tonight, I'm, I'm glad that God's word is not just about identifying the problem. Because if we were to leave right now, we probably wouldn't be really pumped about this message and temptation. Because we're feeling bad, we're feeling beat up, we know we're all being there, we've all eaten the forbidden fruit, we've suffered in areas of our life. But God's Word is not about just identifying the struggle and the problem, but God's Word wants to show us how we can overcome. So the third point we want to talk about today is, how can I overcome it? How can I learn to overcome temptation. Verse 16 and 17, New Living says this of James. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God, who is our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Don't be misled. Verse 16, don't be misled. You know what that means? I don't have to fall victim to temptation. God is telling me I don't have to be misled. I don't have to succumb each and every time. Jump to 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says this, the temptations in your life are no different to what others experience. New King James says, what you are struggling with is common to man. Everyone's got a struggle in some shape or form. There's a struggle of temptation in every life. But notice in the temptation, in the struggle, who do we see? God, because God says, I am Faithful. He can't be faithful if he's removed from that thing. He can't be faithful if he's gone. He's faithful because he's still there with you to help you, to secure you, to give you the strength you need. Why? Because he knows that you're fallen victim. He knows the struggles that you face. But guess what? He still remains there for us. It says he will not allow the temptation to be more than we can stand. Because when you are tempted, he will show you the way out. Listen to me. He's got to be there in order to show you the way out you can think, well, I'm in temptation. There's no way God's going to help me. God is right there. If you just turn to him at any part of the process, God is right there to be faithful on your behalf, to turn around that situation. And even if you've got to the end and there's death in some area in your life, God is still faithful. I want to say that again. God is still faithful. He's still your way of escape. He doesn't write you off and say you've gone too far. He's still your way of escape that you can make it through it. And listen, you can endure. You can keep standing through every test and every temptation. Come on, not more than we can handle. You know why it's more, not more than we can handle? Because God wants to shoulder that load with us. If you're trying to do it on your own, it's more than you can handle. The only way you can make it is with God. Come on now, I can do all things through what? Through Christ. I can't do it on my own. The problem I have is when I start trying to be my own boss in my own home and start calling the shots and realizing, hold on a second, God, if I'm going to be a good husband, I've got to be a good son 1st we I've got to realize... That everything I can handle in life is not because I'm big and bad, but because He's big and bad. Because He's strong and He's true. And what else do we see in that? He's always our way of escape. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's God's promise for me. That's God's promise for me. And God's not going to lie. What He promises... He's going to do. Come on, what He promises He is going to do. If you're reading through the daily Bible readings, you are reading that today from Numbers 22 and 23. God is not a man that He should lie. He's not the Son of Man that He has to repent. Has He not said it? So shall He not perform it and do it in your life. That's the promise of God. So God helps us to overcome. No matter how you've stumbled and fallen, you still can be an overcomer with Christ. Because he can help you and strengthen you. Let me give you some helps. Can I give you some helps to overcome? And is that okay? Can we give you some helps? I believe three helps to overcome. Number one, help number one, avoid harmful influences. If you want help to be free from temptation, watch the things that have the ability to pull you away. Watch the people in your life that will pull you down the wrong path, the places that will take you in the wrong. Watch the things that you do. I'm going to give you a warning right now. I'm going to use this as an illustration. Are you ready? If God has just set you free from drugs and God has delivered your life, it's probably not the right time to go back and try and save all your drug head buddies. But what do we do? We, we we feel that's our mission because God's called us. So just in the same way He's saved me and changed me. I want everyone to feel that. But what do we do? If we're not doing it with the right strength and the right wisdom, we're gonna find ourselves back in that way of life again instead of rescuing them to what God has for their lives. That's a big tool that Satan uses to try to destroy us. We want to try to save everyone. Listen, remember this. God has called us to be light. Don't get me wrong. God has called us to be light. But can I tell you this? Turn off all the lights in here and light a light in the corner. It doesn't matter where that light is. From a distance, it's still going to be a light. It's still going to illuminate. God has called you to be a light, but you can still be a light from a distance. You don't have to be right up in their business. You don't have to be hanging in the same places. You can be a light from a distance and know what happens to light. Things are drawn towards the light. You see, the problem is we try to take our light into the darkness where God says, come out of the darkness. So what? So people can be drawn to the light. And that's what we need to be. We need to be a light. But what's the influences around us? What's the movies we're watching? We can just say that's harmless. It's not. It's feeding us. It's given our minds the fantasies playing into effect those things in our lives. Watch the movies. Watch the music, please. There's a spirit in music. Watch what you're filling yourself with, because it will pull you away, entice you, appeal to your appetites and desires and lead you away. Come on, stay away from the bars. Stay away from the clubs. Stay away from social media if you're struggling with that. Why? Identify the areas of harmful influence in your life. If you can't control that. I, I, I believe if you can't control your computer, you need to put some filters on it. Put some strong filters on your computer. Put your computer out in the open where everyone can see so you're not hiding in a room somewhere doing something that you shouldn't be. Put it out in the open so everyone can see. Watch the influences of your life. Listen to this. I heard this statement. I thought, how good is this? If this is a cliff edge right here, why is it that we try to get as close as we can and say, it's okay, I'm safe? Because the Bible says... Take heed to him who thinks he stands, lest what? He falls. Can I put it in our language? You're going to fall. You're going to have a moment of weakness in your life. At some point, there's going to be an area of weakness. There's going to be a moment. I'm telling you right now, watch that you're not near the edge, because if you fall when you're at the edge, you're probably going to fall to a death. Come on, if I'm away from the edge and fall, guess what? I've fallen, but I'm not at the edge. Be careful in your life. Stay away from the edge. Here's help number two. Know God's word. That's how I'm an through Christ, through his word. That is alive inside of me. What does God say about me? What does God's word say that I need to do as a child of God? I've got to know God's word. And I will not know God's word if I'm just listening to it on Sunday and Wednesday when I come to church. I've got to read God's word. Come on, daily read. We put up a daily... Devotion. Anyone read our daily devotions every day? If you have not got our daily devotion, a lot of hands not up. We send out a daily devotion every day from every day of this year. And in it is the daily reading plan that you can read your Bible in one year. And from that passage of Scripture from that day, we take a thought out of it and we give you a devotion. Every one of you should be signed up for that. If you're not getting that, go to the Connect Zone after church, email, talk to Miss Nancy. We can get you on that list. But you need to read God's word because God's word is one of the greater ways that we can counter temptation in our lives. How do I know this? Read it for yourself. When Jesus went into the wilderness to be tempted, there were three temptations. And you know what else there were? Three scriptures. Because to every temptation, he replied with the word of God. Hey, hold on a second. God has said, man shall not live by bread alone. He, He began to quote the word of God. And just in case you don't know, God's word overcame. He didn't fall victim to the temptation. He was successful in his life, the beginning of his ministry. For what reason? He used the word of God as a tool, as a defense, as an offense. He used the the word of God as something to counter the temptation. Help number three, develop healthy relationships. The Bible says in the beginning, we read of in Genesis, that when God created man... He said to these words, it's not good that man should be alone. God says, I'm going to make him a helpmate. I'm going to make him a companion. I'm going to make him a life producing partner, a relationship. The origin we know is man and a woman. That's God's intent for marriage. Still one man and one woman coming together. Why? Because God says a man and a woman together is only that which can produce life. What God was showing us was the union of marriage. But God was showing us something greater than just marriage in this. I believe that God, from the very foundation, the first need that man had, God said, here's the type of relationship you need. You need to have people around you that are producing life to you. He takes man and woman. He produces a child, life. But I believe the relationships that we need need to be producing life. Come on, encouraging each other, lifting each other, blessing each other, challenging each other. Come on, stirring up each other, doing the right things together, because I believe the right relationships will make you fruitful in life. And what I mean by fruitful is this you will be fruitful according to what God says needs to be fruitful, not what man has said is to be fruitful. So, what do we see? Almost closing today. Temptation. You've got to know the source. Everyone is tempted when they are drawn away by my own desires. You've got to understand the process, it's always the same. You've got to learn how you can overcome. And lastly tonight, and I believe perhaps the most important, are you ready? Number four, you've got to fall in love with Jesus. You've got to fall in love. The greatest counteraction, the greatest way to overcome temptation is love Jesus with all of your heart. Because what we get guilty of doing is we get guilty in fighting the sin and the devil that we forget the relationship that we're supposed to have with Christ. Verse 18, James 1 says this, New Living Translation. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. That's Jesus Christ. John says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. What do we see here? That God gave us the true word, Jesus Christ, the opportunity for relationship with him. And we are what? Out of all the creation, we became his prized possession out of everything. He belongs to have a relationship with us. In other words, he loves you so much and he wants you to love him so much, too, because he knows. Are you ready? John 14, 15. If you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. Come on. That's what Jesus said. If you love me, You're going to keep my commandments. So here's the thought. When you love him, you'll want to keep his commandments. You don't want to disappoint him. You don't want to fail him. But do you see the problem that we have is that we're trying to fight the sin so much that we're losing the relationship with God. Because if we were just to love him more, guess what? Those things will take care of themselves. Because, listen, if I love my wife more, I won't be tempted by other people. But if I'm out there looking and saying, I don't want to be tempted, I don't want to be tempted, I don't want to. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to be tempted. But if I'm loving her more and more and there's satisfaction more and more and greater love and intimacy more and more, I'm not going to want those things anymore. And that's why God says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments and you won't have to worry about those things. Just don't fight the sin. Have a relationship with God. Because listen to me, your faith doesn't come from the fight against the sin. Your faith comes from your total surrender to Christ. So if you're trying to fight the sin, you're never going to be surrendered fully to Christ. But your victory comes when you surrender completely to Him. And what does James 1.22 remind us? It says we've got to be a doer of the Word and not a hearer only. Because the only person that we're deceiving is ourselves. Listen, if you may say, well, listen, I'm not fooled by temptation. I'm not taking... You're deceiving yourself. What you've got to be, you've got to be a doer of the word. Put the word into action. Speak the word in your life. Live the word. Be the word in your life. And there's going to be more to come next week. Bow your heads. Bow your heads. Temptation comes. It's not a case of if, but a case of when. And I believe tonight from God's word, we've given you some great tools, some great helps just helps to understand the process so we can say, hold on a second, I'm going the wrong way. I'm being lured away from what is right. And I need to come back to God. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, who's going to put their hand up and say, Pastor, I needed to hear this tonight. Come on. I needed to hear this. There's a battle. There's a struggle. Come on. There's a battle. There's a struggle in my life. And I just want to make it through. I I, I want to be victorious. Come on. didn't you just stand to your feet? And if you lifted your hand and even if you didn't, come on, I I just want you to come forward and begin to find a place to pray all over this place. Come on. Can you just begin to come and find a place? Come on, you're tempted right now not to come forward because what's other people going to think? Come on, don't be lured away. We're coming back to God. Every one of us suffers temptation. Every one of us has a battle in our minds and in our hearts and in our lives. But I'm telling you, I want to remind you today, the battle's not yours, it's the Lord's. The victory is yours through Christ. It's yours through Christ. It's yours through Christ. Come on, we've got some room over here if you want to come into the middle. Is there anyone else? Come on, the victory is yours in Christ. If you could just lower the lights, that would be awesome. There you go. Come on, the victory is yours in Christ. We're just going to begin to pray for you right now. We're just going to begin to minister to you right now. Just if our prayer partners, our lead team could come. We're just going to begin to pray over those right now and believe in God. Right now, in the name of Jesus, for victories. Right now, in the name of Jesus.
1: We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. But we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At HeartSeas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.